This episode was brought to you by Canna Comforts. Canna Comforts was formed to help those in need of an all-natural but effective alternative to prescription drugs. Canna Comforts heals your mind, body, and soul with the finest all-natural products on earth. Be sure you check out the description box for a link to their website and also use code DIARY25 to get 25% off your order. Diary Mad Black Man. My name is Blake. I'm the host of this podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, be sure you check out the description box for all the nitty gritty details and where you can find me and all the socials and engage with me. Send me an email, donate to my company, the Black Podcast Club, um, all that good stuff. However, um, this episode today is an episode sponsored by Canna Comforts. Shout out to Kenny Comforts for being my sponsor, my first sponsor ever for my podcast. We've been doing episodes for quite some time now. Um, so this episode here, we really talk about some of the negative things that uh, Kenny Comforts has went through as a company. Um, being a blazing pioneer in the hemp and marijuana industry, they have faced some adversity that we get into in this episode. We talk about how, you know, some people, they think about this industry and they go oh yes a billion dollar industry is a way to make quick fast easy money and it's not that easy there's a lot of red tape there's a lot of laws and legalities you got to work around and for canna comforts they are a 100 legal um, registered business uh, and they do everything that they can to stay in that realm especially as laws consistently change and are altered from state to state however i think one of the biggest takeaways from this is that you can do it you can get into this industry you can have a good mindset and business idea and a model similar to what canna comforts has which is to create and make available a healthy and all natural alternative to prescription drugs and i think that it's very important for people like myself and you guys my listeners to understand that um any business venture that you start is going to come with a sense of evil a sense of adversity a sense of people trying to steal your profits or maybe steal your brand your business idea whatever it is it may be however the takeaway for me after even doing this episode is whatever you set your mind to as long as you got your heart in it you, you you're going to get through it um it does get tough at times talking with monica and having worked with her for so long i understand you know a lot more of the challenges that come with being in this industry yet in this episode we're able to unpack some of the things that canon comforts has been through and how they persevere through so that's why i say anything you want to do you can do it if this is something you're interested in get into this business get into this industry because it is a billion dollar industry in case you didn't know you can do it just get into it and understand that it's going to be just like any other job you may have it's going to require daily work you're going to have to have that healthy balance take care of yourself self-care is the best care self-love is the best love take care of your mental health as best as possible and that's one of the reasons why i appreciate canon comforts i appreciate you monica and jamie for supporting me in my journey even from very on um i want to say our first episode we did was in the 30s i want to say like 37 38 something like that i can't remember off the top of my head right now in the middle of recording but uh we've been rocking together for a while and so i'm really excited to put out another episode in this series with can of comforts and i hope you all enjoy it you're able to take something away because it's big business out there ladies and gentlemen so 
regardless of what you want to do you got to be ready to make sure that business happens by any means necessary so without further ado we're gonna go ahead and jump into this episode here today thank you all for listening be sure you check the description box for again the links to follow me on the socials instagram facebook and twitter as well as a link to canon comfort's website if you're interested in getting any of their products be sure you use promo code diary 25 to get 25 percent off your order What's up, world? Welcome back to another great episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. I have a special guest, and if you've been following my podcast, you've heard her before. This is Monica from Can of Comforts. Um, this is a fully sponsored episode by Can of Comforts, so I'm really happy to be doing another episode with you all. Um, and let's just dive right in, Monica. I think some of the people who might be listening, I'm just going to tell you, go back and listen to a previous episode that says Can of Comforts in the title. There's like three or four of them already. So, um, Monica, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I, I'm really excited to uh, unpack this topic with you. Um, we already did the good in the industry episode, and now we're talking about some evil things in the industry, which ultimately is really about um, just some of the hiccups that you run into, some of the things that for other people who maybe want to get into the industry to be aware of, as well as to hear more about how Canna Comforts has grown as a company and a business. Um but for those people who may be just now listening for the first time and haven't gone back and listened to another episode yet, just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do with Canon Comforts. Yeah, so I'm Monica Stubbs, and I'm one of the uh, co-founders and owners of Canon Comforts, and we have been around since 2016, um, and just trying to make a name for ourselves in the hemp industry. Mm-hmm, great, great. And um, let's dive right in. Describe some of the challenges that you all have faced in running this business. Oh boy. (laughs) So this is a large topic. There's been a lot of challenges from day one. Um, The main thing that we had to try to prove um, ourselves in the industry is that we are in fact a true honest company. There are a lot of people out there that have, you know, gotten into the industry for various reasons and kind of the top three are people want to help people or they want to make a bunch of money um, or they just want to scam people because they know that that's just a thing that they can do um, because this is kind of a semi-regulated industry. So one of our biggest challenges right in the beginning was proving to people and, and business owners and other wholesalers that we're trying to work with that we are a true and honest company, mm-hmm. um, that we're not out to, to rip anyone off or, or steal their money and not deliver product, um, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does, um, I, I really like you saying, what does that mean or what does that look like um, or how have you proven that Canna Comforts is a true and honest company? Um, just building the relationships that we have. We take time um, individually with all of our customers in the wholesale industry just to introduce ourselves, get to know them, get to know us, uh, build a relationship with them. And then, you know, with this industry, the way it works is uh, most people, you have to prepay for product. Nobody ships anything without being it paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was happening is people would take other companies' money, which are small businesses. These are small mom and pop shops, brick and mortar stores, um, take their money and then never deliver a product. And then they would disappear. 
Oh, wow. So we would just, yeah, so we'd have to prove and we'd have to turn over a lot of our, our insurance agreements, our licenses, just to kind of prove that we are who we say we are just to earn the trust of these individuals. And then after the first transaction, you know, they once we delivered our product, they, you know, we fulfilled what we said we would, then we've had the repeat business. But the initial part has been pretty difficult. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so I, I want to kind of ask you a question about the industry as a whole. As it's evolving, you already stated that it's kind of an unregulated industry. Has there been anything about the evolution of the marijuana and hemp industry that has had a negative impact on Canon Comforts? Yes, actually, currently it stands right now due to some of the everyone's trying to get around a loophole. Um, currently, there's a, a loophole with the Delta Eight. Uh, THC level that wasn't specifically written into the rules and so everyone kind of focused on the Delta 9 um, and that was kind of our, our ruling but recently people were going around that and trying to just finagle a way through that um, because it wasn't written in any laws and as soon as that came out the DEA stepped in now and, and is actually threatening to shut down the entire industry um, as a, in an entirety because people just are going around certain things just trying to get around well this language wasn't written and it makes it really difficult. Um, then on top of it, each state has their own rules as well. Um, you've got a federal ruling that's kind of a blanket statement, but each state is allowed to make their own rules. And just trying to keep up with each state has been pretty challenging. Mm, I can only imagine that. And for the people listening, um, can you explain the difference? You said Delta 8 THC and Delta 9 THC? Yeah, they're both THCs. It's just another one of the THCs that um, is active in uh, a lot of the hemp, or specifically more so in cannabis. Um, you know, hemp by law and definition has very trace amounts of THC, so you're not going to find too much of it. But once you start extracting the hemp, you'll be able to find a little bit more of the THC. There's there's multiple uh, parts of the THC that make up the total cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And so as we talk about the laws and the regulations, you know, me and you, we've talked so much. And so it's like, I'm finding balance between like, okay, I already kind of know this, but for the people listening, you know, um, medical marijuana is legal in at least 33 states and recreational uses, at least 10 states right now. However, it's still considered illegal at the federal level. And I know that you guys kind of operate in through several states that have different laws as well. So what has been something that has added to that challenge outside of that complexity? Like what are you guys um, seeing as the greatest challenge right now within, let's say like a specific state or area that you all operate in? So one of the challenging things, for instance, um, we have some operations in Colorado. Colorado um, first had medical marijuana and then they went rec. Um, and then growing in, in Colorado and doing business in Colorado was really easy at first. Um, but now they've really cracked down because a lot of people are using hemp and selling it as marijuana. So they're starting to crack down on things and, and change some things. And the challenges for us is we operate under every current state law, um, you know, as it is. And they, they change the laws by day. So we really oh, wow. have to stay on top of everything. Or, you know, I had a conversation last week with the Colorado Department of Agriculture. And I said, when when did this specific law change? And they said, no, it's always been this way. I said, no, it hasn't. <laughs> We've been in operation for a long time. When, when did this go into effect specifically? And I was talking to, an, uh, must have been a newer employee of the division. 
Mm. And, you know, then I'd ask them one question and they'd say, well, that's not my department, someone else's department. So I'd call another department. And it's almost like some of these entities don't talk to each other. You know, mm. one entity will write a rule, but then the other person has to regulate it. But then they have no idea who's doing what. So that's been a huge, huge challenge is just right now we're in the middle of a gray area for um, the THC ruling on the limits we're allowed to have because hemp is federally legal. So each state is supposed to adopt a rule that has the hemp of being 0.3% THC or less. And um, But they have, there are certain dates that everyone had to comply by. So we're just trying to get on board with which date is when and which was grandfathered for which harvest and uh, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's something. I mean, I just, I, I, my business hasn't even been open a full 48 hours yet, the Black Podcast Club. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I should be doing something every single day. And so this constant yeah. process of needing to refine, retune um, the operation side of a business I can I'm starting to kind of understand that and I can only imagine what it would be like if how you operate or how you're allowed to operate is constantly changing so how are you um I just want to ask like how are you guys finding balance and kind of the fine line in this constantly changing and evolving industry well as I mentioned um hemp being federally legal uh we do have some some protections there uh, but the balance that we have is that we just work with our state departments that we grow in and that we operate in and just keep um, in constant contact with them face to face, you know, let them know what we're doing at all times, kind of just staying on top of and ahead of things. Um, and we just try to stay on board with anything that they're changing at any time so that we can be, you know, operating under the current law. Mm, so mm-hmm. just having a lot of conversations with the same people over and over <laughs> got you guys you got you, so, you got an, a so, solid team behind you that understands what you guys are doing you're trying to stay compliant um i could definitely completely respect that and so i want to also ask you because i know that i know you guys have technically had things stolen from you before when we talk about the seizure search and seizure in, in a previous episode i mean Technically, I guess it wouldn't necessarily fit directly under the idea of what stealing is, but for that specific episode. But have you guys ever experienced that, like someone actually stealing your products or breaking into your farms or warehouses or anything like that? Um, you know, previously we uh, we haven't had anything stolen out of our warehouse. Uh, knock on wood. Thankful we've had a great staff. Um, some of the farms and the earlier grow seasons had a lot of things happen to them. This is an industry that people don't understand um, truly came from the cannabis side, the marijuana side, and specifically the black market side. So a lot of the people that came into the industry were growers or black market growers, and they don't operate under laws, you know, and uh, there were many times where uh, we had problems on the farms that resulted in uh, physical violence, um, just from people that we no longer do business with, by the way, but um, just people have their own ideas of what they think and what they want, and they realize the laws don't protect them. Um, mm. We've also known people that have had their entire farms robbed at gunpoint um, with people coming in with assault rifles and just taking everything, everything they had just after they harvested it. You know, it's oh, like wow. they waited, and they knew it was harvested, it was ready to go, and they came in overnight with, you know, several individuals at gunpoint and just robbed them. Um, we've also dealt with you know, we've got some really great customers that, you know, uh, they have some bad employees. And once a, sh- a large shipment came in of product, you know, 
coincidentally that same day they were robbed you know their their store windows were bashed in and their products were stolen and it was generally an employee that you know thought they could get away with it because unfortunately um this stuff like i said is such a great area you can call the police and ask them to come help you but at the end of the day they can say well this is illegal so we don't we don't care <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. it, the law is not completely on everyone's side as of yet um they're kind of some of the notion is well this is the risk that you take um we do have to however keep up with um security measures like we have cameras everywhere we have everything under lock and key there's uh, chain link barbed wire fence around properties um so there's there's a lot of security measures in place but it's still you just never know when something's going to happen yeah wow um Oh, that's really interesting. I never like like I known kind of like how you know the black market side of things run just traditionally in this kind of underground culture in the marijuana industry, and it's very interesting that you say you know a lot of these I guess you could say heavy hitters in the game have transitioned over to the legal side, and it sounds like some of the tactics they might have been using before in operating their business illegally, they're still utilizing them in a legal market and didn't necessarily adjust to how things are operating like how Canon Conference is doing, you know, trying to stay compliant with licenses and laws in all areas of operation. Yeah, correct. Well, and another thing that people try to do too um, that's, you know, unfortunate is uh, we've been helping set up some of our customers to grow their businesses. And we had one uh, customer specifically who wanted to go into distribution. And so they went out and acquired new customers and they were going to be, you know, the, the distribution center in their state um, and selling County Comforts products. Well, they went out to this one shop specifically, gave them credit terms of 30 days, which is unheard of in this industry. You don't give people credit terms with this type of product. Um, gave them credit terms and gave them great pricing and they thought they could do get better pricing and they wanted to come directly to us. And we told them, hey, we've made an agreement in this area, you just go through this distributor, we promise you're getting the good prices. Well, they if they essentially told that business owner unless they could order directly through Canada Comforts, they wouldn't pay them. I think it was just over $6,000 that they owed them and said that they wouldn't. So I ultimately had to sell to them one time so that they would release payment to our customer um, and they just held it hostage. And unfortunately, this is not even something that can be turned over to a business collection agency. You know, like other businesses, you sell them goods or products and they don't pay you, you can send that business through a uh, business collections process. And that's not even, that's not even available for us in this industry. Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah. sounds like a, it kind of sounds like it's like the, the thing that comes like the wild west where it's like, yeah, we can kind of do our own things. We're trying to follow the laws, but peace, it sounds like some people are really just doing whatever they want in the industry, whatever they want in the industry, just trying to try, turn a profit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're kind of making their own rules and they and they know that people are almost untouchable uh, mm-hmm. when they break that rule. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so, like, I, I would imagine that as the industry has evolved and even Canon Comforts has continued to evolve, some relationships might have had to be shifted or changed or even ended um have you ever experienced a time where like you had like a seemingly good relationship with a partner and it changed for the worse yeah so um unfortunately you know in the beginning there were some relationships with some farms that we had um and those didn't end well and you know we got into some relationships with some other processing companies and and places that you know, at first everything was great or everyone had the best of intention 
and then within a matter of months, things unraveled and unfolded. Um, like I mentioned previously, people get into this industry in a couple different ways, and we have unfortunately been been part of doing business with people that um, didn't have good intentions. They didn't really have good intentions to grow partnerships and and grow the businesses, um, you know, the way that they should be, um, and just kind of just put a tailspin on things. Mm-hmm. So we just have to keep moving forward and and keep you know meeting new people and new partnerships and you know because everyone is in this industry together and hopefully you know all the bad people will be weeded out mm. fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, I I hope so too because you know like I've been telling you you know this is like my my, my next step or uh, or next business venture that I would like to really dive into and so I, I just appreciate you and this sponsorship that we have and this partnership that we have because it's really helping me to understand kind of what I'm getting myself into and so it's like what. What would you say are some red flags that you are now very aware of in starting a new partnership with a person or another entity? Oh, you know, that's hard because, you know, a lot of the things and maybe it's, you know, myself, I'm, I'm, I could say I'm a little bit naive. I always assume that everyone has a good interest. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just have to take everyone with a grain of salt. And I think the number one thing is do your due diligence on, um, individuals and find out their history, their background, do a background check on them. You know, if they're starting a company or they're new, uh, you know, what have they done previously and who, who are their former partnerships been? Because ultimately, uh, there, there generally isn't a red flag. Um, Mm. you know, people are great salesmen and, you know, they can talk you into a lot of stuff and, and then it's, it's usually after the fact that you find out, okay, yep, this wasn't a good idea. This was a bad, a bad deal or a bad partnership or, just you know they weren't operating illegally so there's there's a lot of things um and you know the main thing too is people that are are business minded and focused generally have their acts together Mm. um you know they have plans they have they have things so if there's if there i guess maybe their one red flag would be is if somebody doesn't have a good plan or doesn't have a good strategy of how they're going to run their business they're just trying to run the business Mm. Um, that's probably not somebody to do a good partnership with yeah, yeah, because it's, it's interesting you say that because I know that that's something that, that Can of Comforts kind of stands behind. It's like you guys are actually in the industry to help people. You guys are actually creating products that have medicinal impacts. It's like, you know, when we think about marijuana and hemp industry, traditionally it's like, you know, it's this idea to kind of get high and kind of escape and kind of just do drugs-like mentality. But one of the mm-hmm. things that I admire about this company and kind of the lane that I want to move into is how you guys are specifically creating products to help people just live a healthy life, whether that be a physical ailment or a mental um illness or condition that people may may live in and because that's the focus the mindset and the ideology behind can of comforts is really different than a lot of the people in the industry so it's kind of like you guys are kind of like in my opinion it's like you guys are kind of like the good kid in the industry who are mm-hmm. who's not necessarily in it for the money who's really in it to try to help people but you're kind of in this fight for just profit and greed and money which it seems like you know kind of a new and unregulated industry it seems like that's what's happening unfortunately it is and you know that's our main our like i said you know our main focus is to help individuals but we care more about reputation than money Mm -hmm. um you know i've previously mentioned i do turn away business because i won't do business with individuals that don't don't have those same values um because at the end of the day when you do things that are not right karma comes back really fast 
Um, and you know, the individuals that we have unfortunately dealt with that are all about greed and, and only care about money. Um, it's, it's been really difficult, you know, it's been really difficult to work with and navigate through that. Mm. Yeah. I can only imagine. Cause like I was actually, it reminds me of, um, I, I want to say this article in Forbes and on for I think it was in Forbes where they said, you know, one of the main issues with that's creating all this conflict and this idea of like evil things in the industry is this consistent conflict between federal and state laws. Um, you know, even like you've already alluded to, you know, every single day somebody's changing the law. This state does it this way. This state does it this way. Then at the federal level, it's another way. So what do you think? Do, I mean, do you agree with that, that that's one of the reasons why, uh, which is, the again, the main one of the reasons that conflict happens in this industry now is because of the conflicting federal and state laws. Would you agree with that? Yes, I actually do agree with that. And, you know, part of the, you know, the issue with, you know, all the conflicting laws and stuff is uh, people have this idea in their head. They have a couple ideas that, you know, this is medicine and they have a right to have it, which they do. They should, they should absolutely have a right. This is a, this is an outdated law that, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't be, um, you know, entirely around. There should be some laws, but not not to the extent. And um, you know, people they want their medicine and they want they want their livelihood, or you know, the people that just want money, so they don't care, so they're going to break the law. But if you know the federal you know government would just legalize things and allow people to work um, legally and you know create more grow operations and create this business, mm-hmm. and I actually think it would take away from the black market, um, and you wouldn't have this high crime or this high. Um, stigma around it of people just doing you know whatever they want with it Hmm. Um, the other part of that you know the caveat to that too is a lot of people don't understand that the the more money that you have to spend to legalize a product or to legally buy it it costs a lot more money and so people still have this notion that you know i i don't even know what the price of of weed goes for on the street these days (laughs) i don't even know how much an ounce is but um they don't want to pay the dispensary prices um, so they will still go to a black market dealer because they just don't want to pay those prices. They don't think mm. that they should have to because why should they pay, you know, uh, $200 an ounce when they can pay 100 And uh, one of the things that I, I want people to understand is the reason why things are so expensive is because it costs money to operate legally. And the more that people support legal businesses and legal dispensaries mm. and legal medical states, it's actually fighting for everyone's right to have it. And once, you know, marijuana becomes legal on a federal level, then prices will, will drop down. But unfortunately, there's only so much in the market. Um, so we mm. just, you know, we keep we have to keep fighting for the good fight on it. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. Because um, it's like you're... Yeah, so let me let me say this is the question that's coming to mind. So technically, it's still illegal at the federal level. So how do you still find a way to operate in in a legal sense? Like, is it it at, at any point in time could the feds just come in and shut it down because technically it's still federally illegal? Well, for on the marijuana side, yes, the hemp is it, the hemp side is federally legal, so they could not come and shut us mm. down. A state could shut us down. But marijuana, yes. And when uh, Colorado became recreational, the federal uh, government put out a statement that said, okay, you're going to go recreational. Um, Here's our conditions. And as long as you maintain these conditions, like, you know, don't allow people to be smoking in public places and government areas, 
um, you know, do some regulation, they said they will stay out of it, that the state needed to police it. But they said at any time, if the state was not in control of what was going on in their state, they would come in and shut it down. So basically, they're giving them the opportunity to prove concept of what to do, legalizing it, how, mm. how to maintain it, and how to run it. Okay, I got you. So it's basically like, okay, if you guys are going to do this recreational legalization, these are the parameters, and the event gets too crazy or too out of hand, then that's when yep. they will step in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, for instance, you know, Colorado, I was actually living there at the time, right? I actually voted on it um, for recreational and um, it passed while I was still living there. And within the first year, I mean, there was such a demand. I will, I'll back up a little bit. They already had medical marijuana. So they already had the infrastructure in place. They had dispensaries. They had everything ready to go. So that was easy for them to do. Um, part of the thing that they had told us when we were voting on it, they said that, you know, if you vote on this, um, a lot of the money is going to go to schools. And I really thought, great, you know, more money needs to be funded into schools. Let's get this going. Um, the first year alone, the state made a million dollars a week just in tax revenue alone. Um, I don't know what the total sales were, but just they put out the tax revenue reports. So if you can imagine how much money the economy and the rest of the nation would earn if they would just follow the same suit mm. with with all of this. Now, on the flip side, it was so busy and so crazy they didn't do everything they promised they would do. And then, unfortunately, some of the schools ended up going on strike because they didn't get the funding that was promised from voting on it. Mm. Um, or, you know, we had another state, Louisiana, they um, legalized it for the medical holder, but they made it so unbelievably hard to access it. And it took them almost three years after voting it in for people to even obtain a medical card or to try to even access it. So it's kind of been, it's been a roller coaster ride with, with going through all the legalities to get it off the black market. Mm. That's interesting. So, like, so I want to ask you as we get as we prepare to wrap up and stuff. Like, what do you see as like? Is there a specific state or a specific portion of the? Oh, let's focus on the state. Yeah, do you think there's a specific state where things are going that you would say in the right direction? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, because. <clears throat> You know, I, I also, I reside in Utah and Utah passed medical cannabis, but they actually wrote a law that's very uh, interesting. They said you can access um, medical marijuana in these dispensaries. You can have this card um, and you can buy flour. You can buy marijuana flour. However, the way they wrote the law is you are not allowed to put a flame to it. Meaning you are not allowed to smoke it. Well, so, you know, I asked a, a law enforcement officer last week. I said, well, if you're not allowed to smoke it, what are you supposed to do with it? He said, well, most people take it home and they bake with it or they extract it. I'm like, that's actually federally illegal to do at home extraction. And so the laws were written for basically people to fail. <laughs> and mm. um, so, you know, you think some people are doing things right and then they're not. And then, you know, also with Colorado, they, um, with the recreational, I think if it would have just been regulated as so like the medical marijuana where people still had to go, go get a card, you know, and go get it. Um, there'd be a little bit better, a little more control over it because mm. now still the black market is still a big, a big thing everywhere. Um, because there's just not, it's not easy, easily accessed. Mm. Now I, so. I, I can, I can, I, I can just like, now I'm so happy that, that we're doing this episode and I'm learning so much here. Cause it just seems like 
you're constantly walking on like eggshells around everything you do because at any moment a law can change, a federal law can change, or a state can change, or an agency or somebody in the office can want to do something or enforce a law or a policy that is technically written or is written one day and is written the next day. I just, I just, I, that's one of the reasons why I admire you guys because I'm like, I don't understand how you guys have been in business for four years with so much changing. But it's um, it's really a beautiful thing to hear how you guys are kind of being a pioneer and you guys are really pushing through to continue to grow and evolve in this industry. And I want to ask you like, one last question. Is there um, any state that you guys are like, it's just way too complicated here to even try to do business? Because I know you guys are kind of in Colorado and Utah, but is there like another state in the United States that you guys are like, it's just way too difficult to operate there? Um, one of the things, Florida is actually one of the states that's pretty difficult. Um, they they constantly change some stuff and they also have different labeling requirements that keep changing of what they want to see uh, that's also another part of this industry that's really hard is each place is making up their own rules with labeling and you can only imagine just trying to keep up on that that clients but uh in addition to that there's a lot of uh criminal activity in florida um and so black market criminal activity so florida has been really hard for us it's been hard to maintain customers there and it's been hard to maintain the wholesale shops there and you know we actually have a, a customer of ours that worked there that ended up getting his whole warehouse raided by you know the the drug enforcement because they assumed that they had drugs and you know so it's it's the, the law down there is still kind of the wild west down there for sure mm, mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I used to live down in Miami, so I can, I can, I, I can kind of understand a little bit why things might be a little bit that crazy. That is specifically where it was the worst. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And then the other state, too, you know, we'd really love to do business in is like Idaho. Idaho has flat out said no CBD oil, period. Um, and you, you can't do anything up there. So as all these other states are coming around, Idaho is kind of the one that's like, and eh, we're still not going to do this. And in addition to that, there was actually a hemp load about a year ago going from Oregon, passing through Idaho, and it ended up being seized by the local um, officials there and ended up costing this company millions of dollars um, from seizing it because then they put the driver in jail and it just became this whole huge court case. Um, but Idaho has not been a, a great state to cooperate with. Wow. That's interesting. Now, for for somebody like myself, um, I I I love everything you're doing. Like, I think this is all so interesting and intriguing. And I'm very similar to probably how Canon Comforts was in in 2016. Like, once I get started in this, like I'm in this for the long haul. But I think for for people listening, they might hear this specific episode and think, "Oh my God, this is an industry that's just got all these negative things going on," and it's one law is this way this way one law is this way you know for me personally it wouldn't turn me away from still getting into the industry and, and learning the ropes and learning how things are done and you know getting the security and things necessary and just like any other business but what advice would you give to new people coming into this industry um trying to pave a way like can of comforts is um, you know, it's, yeah, it's still very much possible. And the best thing to do is align yourself with a company or an individual that's actually um, proving a concept and going. Starting out fresh right now, unless you have a unique idea, would be pretty difficult um, as there's so much competition. But um, if you align yourself with the right partners or if you have something you can add, you know, to something that they're not doing, that would be really, really helpful. And then just do your due diligence on them. Do a background 
on the company or the individuals that you want to partner up with. That's very important. Mm. Um, you know, people's reputation uh, is far more important than, than anything at this point. So just, yeah, I'd say the best advice is just to align yourself with the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say, they say you are the company you keep is the kind of cliche slogan that comes to mind, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and so that's what I, uh, I, like I said, like I'm just so intrigued with Canon Comforts. Um, for those of y'all listening, the link to the um, to their website is in the description box. And also if you use um, code DIARY25, um, you get 25% off anything you purchase with Canon Comforts. Um, so again, shout out to my sponsor. Um, and, and just in closing... I want to just say how much um, I, I appreciate you, Monica, you and Jamie and, and this partnership and, and sponsoring my podcast because kind of the same thing is happening in the podcast industry as well. It's a it's a new industry that's evolving. It's a new media outlet that I think a lot of companies are really trying to get behind and kind of behind the scenes. There's this kind of fight between like Spotify and Apple, you know, trying to kind of mm-hmm. take over the industry and even some things more recently with with joe budden um and his podcast and what he's doing and he's talking about spotify and what these kind of big um industry giants behind the scenes are trying to do in the podcast industry which is dominate and make money off of the creatives you know and so for me it's really helping me to understand the opportunity that's here and understanding that we're getting into an industry where similar to the marijuana industry, the roles or the rules and the regulations aren't really set in stone yet because it's so new. Um, But it gives me, especially as a podcaster specifically, the opportunity to be like how Can of Comforts was in 2013 to kind of be a pioneer in the industry and kind of set my own standards and kind of make my own lane with what it is that I want to do, which is similar to what we just did in this episode here. So I just really appreciate you for believing in me as a podcaster and what it is that I could bring to the table and, and growing in this partnership is something I look forward to in the future for sure. Of course. Yeah. And we're definitely happy to support and we're, you know, we're happy to align with you as well. Um, you know, this is, I think this is a great partnership with everything and just getting both of our messages out to everyone is, is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, this is a, this is a great friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, for, for those of y'all listening, be sure you tune back in anytime you see the Canon Comforts logos, um, on the flyer, you know, there's going to be an amazing episode that talks all about Canon Comforts in the industry and the marijuana industry. And as I continue to learn and grow more, I'm pretty sure you guys will see more of these episodes coming. But um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up for now, folks. So um, until the next diary entry comes out, um, you all take care and stay blessed.